Hello, I'm Mike Baselli, and this is Episode 8 of Passionate Pioneers. In this episode, we spent time with one of Chicago's most notable women in healthcare for 2018 and learned about the staggering financial costs that uncoordinated patient healthcare is creating, and more importantly, the negative physical and mental impacts this is having in our communities across the nation. Carrie Kozlowski is a senior executive with 18 years of strategic, tactical, and management experience in the healthcare industry and is the co-founder and COO at Upfront Healthcare, a high-growth company using proven marketing techniques combined with a rules-driven healthcare content management platform to publish secure and personalized landing pages to patient consumers. In the form of text messages and other digital means, Upfront Healthcare creates a unique digital experience that is specific to each individual consumer based on their visit history, health needs, demographics, insurance, and more. During our time together, Carrie shared the real-world impacts uncoordinated care has on our industry, as well as some real-world examples and statistics of how Upfront Healthcare is truly moving the needle in achieving holistic care coordination for patients in our communities. Toward the end of the podcast, Carrie shared a few action items all of us can implement today to better improve the healthcare system that inevitably touches all of us and our loved ones. Before we dive into the podcast, I want to celebrate Carrie for all she is doing across the nation beyond just her work in leading upfront healthcare. Carrie is a tremendous advocate and voice for aspiring female healthcare industry leaders and is passionate to give a hand up to her colleagues who are dedicating themselves to reimagine the health of our nation. Welcome to Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli, where we highlight and speak with the innovators, the game changers, and the pioneers who are deeply passionate and relentless in solving the problems our world is facing today. This is your opportunity to connect with and learn from these leaders and to support them on their mission. Perhaps they will soon be hearing your story as well. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you on this journey with us. Carrie, welcome to our podcast, being recorded on the road here in New Orleans during the Medical Group Management Association 2019 Annual Conference. Thanks. Thanks. I'm super excited to be here today, Mike, and to be here with all of the medical practice leaders and executives and physicians who are out there trying to do the real work of healthcare delivery. Well, it's great to sit down with you for some time during a very busy conference down here in the Big Easy. I'm thrilled to highlight your incredibly important work on the podcast today. As a seasoned healthcare executive, and an innovation leader with a unique viewpoint on the brokenness of our healthcare industry and how we're going to go about solving it. I know you and I are going to have a lot to discuss today. And as you're fully aware, there's incredible waste in our healthcare system with unending access points for the patients this industry is supposed to serve. This has led to a confusing, daunting, and at times a terrifying experience for the patient and a frustrating reality for the providers and practices. Patients are lost and frustrated because they don't know how or when to use all the care services available to them. And compounding that challenge, Carrie, ambulatory organizations are struggling because of rising costs, decreased payments, and access constraints. The system is broken. But in regards to the economic impact this is having, a recent study published in the Journal of the American Medical Association, the healthcare industry wastes at least 
$205 billion a year in inefficient, low-value, and uncoordinated care. Carrie, this is staggering. And I can't wait to hear how you and your team are helping to empower both the patient and the care teams for the patients to make the experience better and reduce this unneeded financial burden on the industry. But of course, before we dive into this important work that you guys are driving in the industry, let's break the ice a bit. Let's get the community to get to know you personally. So let's go ahead and randomly select one question here. All right. Take the one from the top. All right. All right. What is my favorite meal? Okay. Favorite meal and why? That's a great question. So I uh, live in Chicago, which, as you may know, is a big foodie town. And I am definitely one of those foodies and have eaten in a lot of fantastic places. But I, I guess my favorite meal actually is usually a Saturday night in the summer. My family and I, my three daughters, my husband go to the Green City Farmer's Market in the morning. And then afternoon, my husband sacrifices it and generously smokes either a big pork shoulder or oh. some pork belly and actually pickles all the fresh farm vegetables. And so a little smoked pork belly, little pickled vegetables with the family for the Saturday afternoon is where it's at for me. That sounds phenomenal. I'm, I have a, a Traeger, a big smoker as well. So yeah. trust me, I'm a big fan of <laughs> smoking some pork shoulder. And yeah. that sounds incredible. Well, it looks like I will be coming to your household next summer yep. to en- enjoy the good eats. in June. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Carrie, of course, as we set the stage for this time together on the podcast, there's a lot to unpack here. But before we get to where you guys are currently with Upfront and the incredible work you're doing in our healthcare industry, take us back a bit. You know, your journey has taken you to a point where you are leading this narrative, where you are a leader in our industry. But take us back. How did you get here? What got you to the point today to be able to lead up front as an opportunity to truly reimagine this part of our industry? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I think, I mean, truly, it's 20 years of listening and learning. That's really what I attribute it to. So I started as a clinician. I practiced as an occupational therapist. So I personally had interactions caring for patients, working with caregivers, helping patients with transitions of care many, many years ago before it was something we all talked about every day. And then met my co-founder, Ben, who started up front with me about 15 years ago, happenstance in an entrepreneurship class in grad school. We got put in a group together to do a business plan and we've worked together since then. And so our our journey kind of in the technology and, and changing began with a company called Patient Keeper, where we really focused on aggregating data. And this was kind of pre really EMR adoption for physicians so that they could quickly and easily see what they needed to know about patients, in particular when they were outside the hospital walls. Following that experience, uh, Ben's grandfather had had a, a series of strokes in Florida. He was living in Boston. His family was in Chicago. And they were really struggling with coordinating all of the care outside the hospital walls that needed to happen, both medical and non-medical. And so he founded a company, Care Team Connect. I joined him very early there pre-funding, and we really built that together. And this was well-timed in terms of ACA and Obamacare and readmission penalties. And we took this kind of idea that we had, this can be better outside the hospital. We can coordinate better there. And we built it into a platform for care management, one of the first platforms for centralizing the care management activities that were a core part of readmission penalties and avoidance. Through that experience, We were acquired by the advisory board. We got to see a much broader group of people that were struggling trying to solve this problem. World-class organization. Yeah, it was a great experience and an incredible learning opportunity. And and what we really found was there are a couple of things that were, as the market continued to evolve, that were challenges for our approach at that time, which was one, the EMR was being widely adopted amongst all of the physician groups. So they were struggling to go, well, we've we've got this EMR, but you're coordinating care in this other place. So what we really saw, obviously, was the challenge of the EMR, physicians not wanting another place to log in and get information. 
And so as we kind of thought about where do we want to go next, our goal was really population health. And physicians today and providers today are struggling with some patients are in value-based care. Some patients are in special diabetic programs. Some patients are still fee-for-service. Managing that entire population in a clean way where physicians don't have to go somewhere else or providers don't have to log into another system was really the mission that we gave ourselves this time of let's solve it without them having to do more work. Let's take a quick pause for the layperson listening in. What, yeah. what is population health? We're hearing that a lot now, yeah. and I think even people outside of healthcare are hearing this term. Quickly, what, what is population health? So I think there's probably a couple of definitions of population health, so it's a great question. I think about it in the fact that we want to create a more efficient way of delivering care to everyone in the population that drives better outcomes. We can be more efficient. We can save costs. We can also negatively impact outcomes. So it really has to have a clinical operation and financial benefit. Well, thanks for that. So all of that journey brought you to where you guys are today with Upfront and the work that you guys are doing in the population health space. So how long has it been with the journey with Upfront? There's been a lot of news. There's been a lot of great uh, press releases around the organization, but how long has Upfront been around? Yeah, so we've been on this journey for, I would say, just under four years now. And really, this has continued to be an evolution. As an entrepreneur, I think it's really important that you are willing to be flexible and adapt and listen to the market and, and what the clients that you're trying to serve are struggling with. And we've really evolved through our experiences and, and the interactions and the clients and our pilot sites that we've been able to work with to get to where we are today. And really, our focus is on making sure that every patient is navigated to what they need to do, when, where, how that needs to happen. And that's our mission, if you will, for what we're trying to solve. So give us some kind of uh, on the ground, real world example of that mission statement. What does this look like with the upfront technology with it, whether it be in the patient's hands, uh, the health system's hands? What does this look like in practicality and real world examples? Sure. So generally, hopefully it's invisible to the practices, the physicians and the health system. They're partnering with us to obviously get it implemented and set up. And then what they're hopefully seeing are patients coming back to the care they need to get Mm. or not using unnecessary resources or unnecessary sites of care like the emergency room. From a patient experience, what it feels like is I have a provider partner who knows what's going on with me and cares about what I need to do next. They're presenting me with a set of services that I can benefit from to get the best next action completed. For some patients, that's getting an annual wellness visit completed. For some patients, like the Medicaid population or folks that have some more socioeconomic challenges, that might be connecting them with the resources that are available in the marketplace to actually find success in managing their care. Wow. So because there are so many challenges and the industry is so big, do you have any real world examples that could be inspiring to our listening community? What are some of the things that you've seen, the power of what you guys have created and, and the impact in a positive way that it's had? Maybe I'll start by telling you maybe a personal story that I experienced where I wish we had had this solution in place. So a couple of years ago, as we were getting the company off its feet, I had a series of very severe migraines that were lasting 10 or more days at a time. Started with one emergency room visit at a premier academic medical center in the Chicago area. We won't name names today. I think we know who that is. And so after that visit, I was told I needed to see a neurologist. I was given absolutely no guidance on which neurologist, of which there are more than 100 in this facility, mm. um, or you know how to find the person who would best fit my needs. I did some research on my own, kind of figured out which person might be a good fit, and the length to see that person was about five months. Wow. So in that time, I had another migraine episode, called my primary care, was directed back to the emergency room. I'm a knowledgeable healthcare 
industry leader, I know I don't need to be going to the emergency room. I said, that's not going to get the clinical outcomes we need. That's not even going to get the financial outcomes that you want as a health system. What ultimately happened was I ended up in the emergency room for a second time and essentially just shook the trees loud enough until someone came into my room in the emergency room and found me an appointment with a neurologist that afternoon. The ironic part here is got in, got some medications, which I basically had gotten in the emergency room, was sent on my way to visit this provider in a couple more months that I had pre-scheduled with. Where I really get frustrated about the waste in the system is I get to that appointment I've waited for, and there's nothing she can do because there's no imaging done, Mm. there's no labs done, and I haven't been told or instructed exactly how to document what's been going on. So all that time between when that first happened, five months to get to this visit, is waste. It's waste in the system. It's waste of the patient's time, my time, and disrespectful of that, in my opinion. It's a waste of the provider's time. There's nothing that she could do for me at that time without the information that she needed to inform our next steps. Well, and, and, and we're just talking about the physical ailment you're going through. Yeah. What does this do for a patient on the mental anguish side of things as well? Absolutely. And so I actually mentioned this. I just got a text this morning from a good friend of mine who uh, was just on LinkedIn and saw some stuff about being down here at the MGMA conference this weekend and what we do. And he said, I'm so glad you're doing this. My father was diagnosed with cancer earlier this summer, and he has been through it all. No one's coordinating his care. He can't speak for himself because of the radiation that he's received. He's lucky that I have the wherewithal and, frankly, the financial ability and time to go with him everywhere. He's filling out the same forms again and again, and he's not being navigated to where he needs to do in a way that eases his pain. And he's like, I'm so frustrated. I'm so frustrated for him. And I'm so glad you guys are doing what you're doing. Wow. So it's just, it, it's really stressful for families and patients as well. But it's great to hear uh, feedback that uh, others in the community are seeing what, what Upfront can bring to the Absolutely. marketplace. So also, I, you know, when I, when I was looking at, at all the wonderful work you and the team are up to, you're also having a part of your platform for our Spanish-speaking members of our community. Yes. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, we're super excited. This was one of those client-directed kind of enhancements that we made recently, which is, which is awesome, which, again, just speaks to how do we reach the population. And our population doesn't just speak English. And so we put a lot of time and effort into understanding exactly what that needed to be. One thing we found is that we don't want to have an automatic translator that puts things mm. into Spanish because there's different dialects, there's different ways in which communities embrace the language across the United States and elsewhere. And so we partner with our clients to understand exactly the nuance there. And our product supports some configuration around that in order to be as specific as possible. So patients feel welcome, like they can trust what we're communicating to them. And it's meaningful. That's exciting. So we also hear sometimes, Carrie, uh, in the marketplace, you know, you and I live in the tech space. uh, But but for the lay person in our community, we sometimes hear about digital divide. Uh, how, how is the layperson supposed to use these new fancy technologies? Can you describe a little bit of, of where how Upfront is focusing on that to ensure that anybody, it's population health, that's mm-hmm. a big term, anybody can use your technology? Is it is it very simple? And when you've been building this technology, have you kept that in mind to kind of you know, bridge that digital divide that we hear about? Absolutely. I think one of the challenges that we hear when we talk to patients or we talk to our clients is apps. There's another app. There's another app. I've got this portal. I've got six portals, all those different things. Our goal is not to have another place that you log in. Our messages are communicated through personalized microsites, which are just tiny little web pages that shrink down the data that you need 
to do what you need to do next. We deliver that whatever way our clients think is best. Typically, that's through text message and real-time communication because we want to show patients that their providers are highly responsive to what's going on with them. Sometimes that's email. Some cases that might be a message in the portal. It's not the most highly adopted, as you can imagine. Um, <laughs> no. And so, so our goal is, and if you think about, if you're trying to get information and you go to a website, even a medical practice that's independent, much less a big academic medical center and anything in between, you're drinking from a fire hose. You're getting so much information, it's not distilled down. When we reach out to a patient, there's a specific, clear call to action. Oh, wow. Here's what we need you to do. Here's why we need you to do it. Here's how you can execute it. Simple, specific, and personalized to them. What's the closest access point for you? Not here's all of our brand new walk-in clinics across the metro area. And then heads explode. Yeah, it's too much. Yep. So they just just tell me what to do. It's, you know, I'm in my day and I'm sure your day, sometimes the calendar just tells me what to do. I go to the next event, I look at the location. That's what we want. Everybody deserves that kind of navigation in healthcare. Let's let's uh, nerd out on the technology a little bit then. Sure. How does it do that? How does it know to send Mike to location X versus location Y as Absolutely. an example? So, so there's quite a bit of data that we're fortunate to get about each of the patients that we're working with and the system and the providers. So we aggregate a lot of data from either claims or pre-adjudicated claims and billing. We look at data about the schedules and what's upcoming for the patient and then demographics, obviously, locations, facilities, providers. We assimilate all of that, and then we have a rules engine that helps to identify which patients meet which criterion and then prioritize kind of where they need to go or what they need to do next. A lot of times, patients have multiple things that they may or may not to do. So our system actually prioritizes, for example, a patient who needs an annual wellness visit who also might need a flu shot and a mammogram. We know if we can get them in the door for the annual wellness visit, the provider is going to take care of that flu shot and mammogram. We don't need to blast the patient three times or give them too many calls to action. Which one is the highest priority and specifically how can they help themselves be successful? That's brilliant. Very exciting. So let's also now talk on the on the economic side. Now on, the, on the front end of this podcast, we talked 200 plus billion dollars of annual waste. What does this technology, what does upfront mean to our industry to start you know, chipping away at that and start you know, bending that cost curve? How does that look in practicality with upfront? Yeah. So, I mean, Dr. William Schrank just had an article, I'm sure everyone on your listening side and you have read in the New York Times and JAMA last week talking a lot about that cost and that waste. He categorized things into six areas. There's three that I think we can help with, which are failure of care delivery. So inefficiencies, a lack of adoption of preventative care. Only 20% of the preventive care that needs to be done is being done. Wow. Failure of care coordination and administrative complexity. So our goal is to take all of this listing of patients trying to identify who I need to do, what I need to do, and simplify it so that it's not an operational burden for anyone to execute the right care that a patient needs and navigate them. I think the other benefit to all of this is that there's a lot that patients need to do. So the prioritization of that is incredibly important. And there's a lot of duplicity yeah. of people who are trying. People, I believe in general, we want to do the right thing. I believe people want to help patients be successful. And sometimes it's too much help. Mm. So we're working with a client now that is part of, they have a health plan and they have their medical group, obviously. They work together. What they found was there's a ton of duplicity of patients when they're trying to welcome them to the plan and to the provider group. There's duplicity in helping them navigate the right care, duplicity in telling them how to use different resources besides the emergency room. So we did a full assessment of that, streamlined all of those processes, and eliminated a ton of work that people need to do 
And we execute all of that now through that personalized and automated digital care. And it's not that anyone's losing their jobs because we don't have enough people to do this care today anyway. So really, it's just helping people get back to that top of license work that they really want to do at the end of the day. So not only did, did, did you and Upfront eliminate a bunch of extra work, you probably made it less confusing for the patient as well. Absolutely. So it's a, I mean, it's a win-win. And less of a burden on the providers. There's no way a provider can know every community service, every program or new access point that the system or their practice has developed. And it's not their job, really, to do all that education. We want our providers delivering care. And we want that 15 minutes or eight minutes or whatever it is that we have with them to be about that. And so this takes off that extra stuff. Do we know the savings that Upfront is bringing to the industry? And, and like, is it a per episode? Is it per patient? Do we know what some of those savings are that you might be able to share with? Yeah. So I, I think on our side, we see so a couple of different assessments that yeah. we've done. Um, one is we're seeing at least double annual wellness visits being completed, wow. which is really important in terms of patients getting assessed and to the right places and services they need to prevent future issues. Uh, Another thing that we see on the operational efficiency side is essentially to execute the programs that we're doing without human resources. It's the equivalent. In one case, there's, I think, 75,000 potential outreaches that they might do in a year. It would require 14 FTEs to execute that program that we're executing without, without all those extra people being diverted to literally identifying who the patient is, putting them on a list, and then executing the outreach in a manual way. Wow. And uh, for, our, for our community listening in, as a quick uh, side note, we will also include uh, in the episode notes the link to that New York Times article with Dr. Shrimp. That was a phenomenal article that uh, we should all be reading to learn from Carrie and, and, and up front and, and some of the real world statistics that, that JAMA put in that New York Times article. So thank you for sharing that, Carrie. So that's where you guys are today. A lot of wonderful work building a phenomenal company in Chicago. What does this look like? for carrying the upfront team tomorrow as well. Where do you see this going? I mean, this is a very fast moving and dynamic industry right now, as you know, as well as I do. Where do you see your leadership and where do you see the organization going as we continue to go into new paradigms and new realities for this industry? Sure. I mean, taking away, kind of stripping back the passion and the emotion and all the things that are really our mission, what we're trying to do at a basic factor is convert a patient to complete a necessary action. Mm. And so for us, that's all about how do we do that better and smarter? So taking the data that we have and deriving insights around, you know, how do we outreach to certain people? Is there a certain nuance to the communication that works better in one group of patients versus another group of patients? So just continuing to ratchet up the language, the outreach, the timing of it, so that we can continue to get more and more patients to complete the action that we're looking for. So that's really our focus right now and and over time and how we kind of continue to build on what we're doing. Um, from a leadership team, we've got an incredible team in place across the team that I consider our five leaders. We probably have more than 100 years of healthcare experience across consulting, technology, e- EMR implementation. So I think we've got the right folks in place to really build that, to have the foundation to accomplish our goals. I've been, I've been able to collaborate with you for a number of years now. This is definitely not your first rodeo. No, no. <laughs> Do you see the platform? So we've, we've heard a lot about a preventative care with, mm-hmm. with Upfront. Do you see the platform, the technology, maybe engaging with patient Mike, who's going to go and have a surgery, maybe like a, like a total knee surgery or any other types of points of care for a patient? Yeah, I, I think over time we yeah. do. I think most of the folks that we're talking to right now are trying to solve is the primary care challenges. And I think once we've solved, and that's the hard problem, yeah. 
right? Which is sometimes why we stand alone in the conversations that, that people are having around how to solve this problem. And so I think once we solve the complexity of long-term journeys of patient care and helping bring in all kinds of services from within the system and outside the four walls of the system and every patient is navigated, your experience in an acute event like a surgery is, is really just one blip, one thing that we help you work through through the process of, of kind of being that kind of long-term digital navigation partner. That's very exciting. So let's bring it down a bit. We talked kind of future state and, and where, where you're heading with up front, but let's bring it down a bit for our community listening. What are two to three action items that our community can implement with, with your work, your mission, the expertise that, that and the viewpoint that you have in the industry? What are two to three action items that we can implement today? Yeah, so I think there there's probably two things I think of. One is for the community, we're all patients at some point. Yeah. So my first advice is I would love to have everybody share their experiences. Mm. I, I think we all have those stories. And not that I want everyone going and complaining, don't call your doctors tomorrow and necessarily do that. But find a way to quantify the impact, like the story I shared earlier of my personal experience, and share that with the chief operating officer, experience officer, or your provider, if that's the person you have the relationship with, there's an opportunity for them to just understand. It's not that they they don't want to help. I don't know that everyone really knows what's happening on the other side as they're trying to execute the day of their business. You know, the other say on the healthcare side is I would love if everyone adopted the mantra that everybody deserves navigation. It doesn't matter. Not just the three percent of high risk patients in my value based contracts, but really like everyone to embrace the idea that every patient deserves to be navigated. And if that's, you know, like I said, a person who lives in a challenging socioeconomic situation where we have developed tons of community services and we don't give them access to, patient with a substance abuse problem who needs that constant reinforcement and support, or you know, the Medicare patient who needs a lot of assessment on preventive care, annual wellness visits, and ED avoidance. Those are two great action items, Carrie. Thanks for sharing that. Now let's also turn to the community. And there are some incredible minds and amazing leaders around the world listening in and offering great feedback, suggestions, connectivity points uh, to continue to help passionate pioneers like you further your mission. Can you share with our community one problem, need, or question that you or Upfront or both that you have that the community can help you with? Sure. I think, like I said before, I think the healthcare community wants to solve the problem of waste. They want patients to have great experiences. They want providers to have great experiences. And in an effort to do that, people will often stand up lots of new ideas, new solutions, new service lines, new access points. And I just ask folks as they're implementing these ideas to think about how that idea scales. So if you add a new service to your portfolio, to your to the model that you're currently using to deliver care, how will it actually get out to the community and be adopted? So that's where the waste becomes a real problem. We're standing up all these things, but they're not adopted because we're not cohesively getting that information to the patient so that they know what to use, when to use it, and how to use that service. And so as part of your business plans, when you're inventing these new ways for patients and coming up with these fantastic solutions to help serve patients better, really think about how you're going to get that into the hands of the patient so that they can use these great ideas and these great services to manage their care. Brilliant. So what are some social media uh, contact points that the community can get in touch with you, the organization? What are some of those contact points online? Sure. No, I appreciate you asking. So obviously our website's a great place to go, upfronthealthcare.com. 
Uh, we launched a new website recently, so we're excited to have folks come visit us there and learn Congra- a little bit more. Congratulations. Thanks. It was definitely a project, <laughs> as all things are, especially in, in the st- startup space. Absolutely. So that's off and going. And then obviously, I'm on LinkedIn, Carrie Kozlowski. And my email, I'm happy to share, is ckozlowski at upfronthealthcare.com. So welcome feedback, welcome ideas and suggestions. We are a team of people who like to listen and learn and iterate. That's fantastic. And we'll include all of those uh, contact points in the episode notes as well, Carrie. So thanks for the time today. I know we're all very busy down here in New Orleans for Medical Group Management Association Annual Conference 2019. Um, I know you have a lot to uh, share down here as a a leader on the board of directors for Medical Group Management Association. So enjoy your time while you're down here in New Orleans. Uh, But before we uh, end, end the episode, I have a fill in the blank for you. I'm a passionate pioneer because? I'm a passionate, actually, I'm going to give you two if that's all right. Let's do it. I'm a passionate pioneer for two reasons. I believe healthcare can and should be better for everyone. I think patients, providers, healthcare is my passion. It's my purpose. I've been doing this for going on three decades now. And I believe with our team and our clients that we can effectively eliminate waste in the system while creating a better patient and provider experience. And the second one, which is near and dear to my heart in a different way, I'm a passionate pioneer because I have three daughters. And it's they drive me to be passionate, but I also feel compelled to show them and to show all women that we can lead businesses, we can be entrepreneurs, we can tackle complex problems, and we can succeed in doing that. Way to close it out. Fantastic, Carrie. Thank you for that. And It was a pleasure to spend time with you again here in New Orleans during Medical Group Management Association's annual conference. Continue the great work in in Chicago with your organization and your leadership around the nation. We need more leaders like you more than ever. And I celebrate all your wonderful work at Upfront. And as you know, you always have a friend in Denver, Colorado. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for joining us today on Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. We'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast so we can continue to improve this community and to further support the pioneers being featured. Lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends and colleagues to join us. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you back with us during our next episode.